Welcome to Junior L's and Now What, episode 21. I'm going to start out this podcast by saying that some, if not many, of the topics that I have brought up in the previous umpteen podcasts are going to funnel back into this series of topics I've got going forward. Uh, this will probably go on for quite some time, and each one of these podcasts are going to build off of each other, so fair warning. So to start with, in my last topic podcast, so this would have been episode 20, I posed the question from my own quote about potential, you know, what is potential? After I posed that question, I have spent literally weeks now digging into, as I'd mentioned in my previous interlude podcast, into the idea of potential energy, which is a physics principle. And uh, I've been doing a substantial amount of research on that. I have no physics background to speak of, and I did very little um, as it pertains to physics in school. I love the sciences. I love uh, you know physics and math and astronomy and all of those. But frankly, I don't know a lot about them. So I'm about to step into a territory that I am doing my best to try to describe what I think I understand. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's a good chance I'm wrong. And so as I'm putting these pieces together and introducing them, uh, shout out, call me out on it. Um, my wife has persuaded me to go ahead and create some kind of social media account that I can tie to this podcast. And it hasn't happened yet, but once I do, it'll be easier to give feedback. So uh, here's hoping that I'm not wrong. But uh, if I am, then hopefully the base principle is still right. But if I'm not wrong, then this could actually be a really cool ride. Let's dive in. What is potential energy? Potential energy, as best as I can tell, in really simple terms. If you have an object sitting on a table, let's call it a book, and that book is being measured against the table as far as its potential energy is concerned, its potential energy is zero. In other words, it has got nowhere to go. It can't fall any further because of gravity or whatever. It is tied to that location as potential energy of zero. But let's assume for the moment that you slid the book off the edge of the table. And now we're going to measure it against, say, the floor. That book has potential energy. If it were to fall, it has so much energy as it relates to the floor. So potential energy is very specific as it relates to relationships, meaning some object or item doesn't have just a raw potential energy independent, um, depending on what kind of potential energy you're talking about here. But for the most part, you have to have a frame of reference. So um, let's say that book again, it could have potential energy against the table or against the floor. It could have potential energy against the center of of the earth. Heck, it could even have potential energy against the moon. So it's all relational. Again, I'm about to step into a territory of science that I really don't understand. But if you have potential energy of, say, 20 as it relates to the book and the floor. As that book begins to fall, it's burning up that potential energy, meaning it's reducing until it hits the floor, it now becomes zero. As it's falling, that potential energy gets converted into something. Now, there's a lot of scientific terms. It could be kinetic energy, and it could be a variety of other things. But I'm going to dive into another concept, and this one is called potentiality and actuality. Now, I'm taking some liberties here. But what I'm basically saying is there is an inverse relationship, uh, an inversely proportional relationship between potentiality or potential energy and actuality. 
And so to put that in really simple terms, as that book, back to the previous example, is in the air before it falls to the ground, let's say it has potential energy of 20 as it relates to the ground. As it's falling, that potential energy is decreasing. So let's say it decreases by one as it's falling, now it's at 19. But it has actuality of one. So even though it's lost something, it's gained something else. Okay, so this inversely proportional relationship is gonna be very important as I talk through this podcast today. Again, I'm taking some pretty significant liberties and my comprehension and understanding of potential energy is raw and really, really basic at best. So grain of salt it. So hopefully this makes sense. All right, so let's go back to how does this concept of potential energy and or potentiality and actuality fit into the question I posed a few weeks ago uh, describing what is potential. So let me, let me repeat the quote. The quote is, what if the only way to achieve your maximum potential is to help everyone else achieve theirs? So what we're trying to do is define potential. All right, so the first thing we need to understand is what are we measuring ourselves against? As I mentioned before, an object doesn't have potential energy in and of itself, completely independent. It has to be measured against something. To an extent, you get to choose what that is. So what we're measuring against. So let's take ourselves for the moment as we stand on this earth. If we measured ourselves against the vastness of the universe, we're almost an insignificant speck. So let's not look that big for the moment. Let's hone it in for a bit. We can measure our potential energy against, say, the Earth, the core of the Earth. There's a gravitational pull there that's pulling us. And therefore, there would be a positive value of potential energy there. But again, it's finite. We can measure ourselves against the moon. It's a smaller mass, but it certainly has a gravitational pull that is substantial enough that it's causing the Earth to wobble. So it's not something that should be disregarded. Four AU, astronomical units away from us, is the second most massive object in our solar system, the planet Jupiter it obviously has a massive effect on us. So the potential energy between us and it would be great because it's so massive, it literally affects the sun. And then in turn, there's the sun, one AU, one astronomical unit away from us. And it is the most massive object in our solar system. And it is so massive, in fact, that it affects the entire solar system. I bring this up because as we're thinking about what... Um, what we're measuring ourselves against, something we need to keep in mind is that there are constant forces working on us at all times. Now, obviously, up to this point, I've been talking about it from an astronomical perspective, but it's true with our real life as well. There are people, there are principles, there are schools, there are religions, there are a variety of things that are all working against us and for us or with us or whatever the case may be. And so, I've always been a proponent of the idea that there's no such thing as a fence sitter. We always have to pick a side. There is no such thing as a neutral party. We're always going to be leaning one way or the other. I've mentioned this earlier in one of my previous podcasts. Now, let's look at the asteroid belt for a moment. The asteroid belt in our solar system once was comprised of a planet that during formation was torn apart by tidal forces from Jupiter and the other surrounding masses. Um, now, obviously, this is uh, theoretical, but, you know, the, the physics, the math, the sciences seem to support this concept. I bring this up because if we're choosing to measure our potential energy against multiple sources at once, 
based off of what happened to the asteroid belt. It ain't going to work. You have to pick one. And this is a concept that I think is, um, from a religious standpoint, makes a lot of sense. From a non-religious standpoint, is, I think, a bit more confusing. Because if you go to school, there's lots of teachers using lots of different voices, teaching lots of different principles in lots of different ways. So how can that bring us back to one? Well, as I have mentioned before, I believe that there is a one singular, um, all-resounding truth that all knowledge funnels in and out of, and all truth funnels in and out of. So even if you're hearing things described in different ways, let's take a rainbow, for instance. I'm quite colorblind. I struggle being able to distinguish various different colors. So when I see a rainbow, I see certain colors. If somebody else sees a rainbow, they may see a different set of colors. But at the end, the rainbow is still the rainbow. So it boils down to less about seeking for what is... Um, provable or not provable, as I mentioned before, it boils down to understanding. If we're seeking to understand, eventually this will point us back to one. One being the operative thing here. And that's going to become very important to this principle. There's got to be one source we're looking for. Now, how we describe that source, how we understand that source, that's going to be like the perception of the rainbow. There's going to be a lot that goes into it, but it's going to come back to one. All right, now that I've brought that up, let's look at how are we going to measure ourselves. So when we measure potential energy against something, there's a lot of math that goes into it, but let's keep this really, really simple. If we're measuring ourselves against, say, we're on the table like the book, and we're measuring ourselves against the floor, there's a finite number, let's call it 10, that is our potential energy. As we fall off the table and hit the floor, that potential energy reduces from 10 to zero. Our actualization now becomes 10, okay? The source we're measuring ourselves against defines how much potential energy we have. And that's true for us as individuals. So let's, let's really throw a kicker in this. What if we measured ourselves against something that is infinite, infinitely far from us? but has the capacity to affect us. Does that mean that our potential energy is also infinite? So let's take that one step further. What if that potential energy were to start being consumed because now it's being converted into something like actualization, kinetic energy, whatever you want to call it. If you're being drawn towards something that is infinitely far from you, that is infinite in power, or let's say mass for the moment, and that in turn means you have infinite potential energy, that means that it's reducing at a rate that is equally, uh, or that is uh, inversely proportionate to the actualization that is growing at the same rate. But because it's growing at an infinite rate, and you're reducing at an infinite rate that is infinite, it really begs a lot of questions about what is our potential. So how does this affect us? What does this do for us? What is this knowledge? Why do I care about my potential energy? This potential infinite that I'm talking about here. Let's look at it from the snowball perspective. Let's assume for the moment you're at the top of a hill, a small hill, and you roll a snowball down to it. There's a small chance that as it's rolling down the hill, if it doesn't get stopped, that it will build on itself a little bit before it gets to the bottom. Now, let's look at it from something like Mount Everest. 
Now, obviously, it's an imperfect mountain from the standpoint of it's not smooth sheer from top to bottom. But let's assume that there is a slope on it that is. If you were to start a snowball at the top, by the time it gets to the bottom, it's going to be massive. It's going to be huge. It has gained so much as it fell. All right, so now let's apply this to the example or the concept, the theory that I gave earlier about infinite potential energy. Let's use ourselves as that snowball. If we start moving towards this single source of infinity and we begin to accumulate things along the way, let's call it mass to keep things simple, let's assume we begin to acquire that infinitely. That means we're gaining an infinite amount. An infinite amount of what? Well, I think that largely depends on what we're being drawn towards or allowing ourselves to be pulled towards. And that's going to be a topic for another podcast. But I want you to visualize that, that if you think about it from a potentiality standpoint, when you look at the various different planets we have in our solar system, their potentials as they were being developed was limited to the mass around them. But if you're being drawn towards eternity and there's mass all along the way for it to be built upon yourself, you're going to continue to grow and progress. This could be intellectually, this could be spiritually, this could be any number of ways. So it's kind of cool if you think about it from that standpoint. So let's go back to my quote and let's retool a little bit with what we've just discussed. What if the only way to achieve our maximum potential is to consider the possibility that our potential is potentially limitless. And now I'm going to lead into the and now what portion of this podcast. As you're pondering that question, the next questions I want to pose to you really are these. How do we choose the source we're going to measure ourselves against? And how do we harness the related potential energy? Smile, be happy, remember that you're worth it. And for those of you who don't know, the laws of physics say that one object cannot exist at two places at the same time, unless you're Chuck Norris. In which case, the laws of physics are so afraid of you, they'll let you do whatever you want.